All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. <clears throat> Brandon, how are things? What's new? Oh, you know, things are like they always are, I guess. <laughs> Not much going on right here. Um, yeah, just you know, ready for the next week, uh, ready to see the Lions play again after that long bye week. Yeah, not enough Lions talk, that's for sure. But uh, who knows, maybe they'll come out better from the bye week. Here's uh, Cross Our Fingers. So we'll yeah. see. We'll get to that. That is actually going to be in uh, the preview episode coming out later this week. Uh, this week we'll be talking about this week prior. But before we get into Michigan's matchup with Ohio, or oh my gosh, Ohio, Iowa. Sorry, four-letter words <laughs> confuse me. So <laughs> Iowa. <clears throat> uh, we've got a couple segments before we jump into that. Oh no, that was the wrong one. Oh my gosh! Shut your face. I wanna rock. It doesn't have the same um, peak, same exclamation as when you have them stake right before you do the rock moment, but. Rock moment, nonetheless. See, we just embrace our mistakes here because I, I'm i a firm believer in Bob Ross where there are only happy accidents. Yeah, it's paint a bush over and call it good, man. Yeah, happy bush. No, happy trees. Happy trees. Uh, and so we're happy over here as hockey finds its way back into the sports world, which is more Brandon's realm than mine. But uh, I always have appreciation for the Red Wings. Catch them when I can. And good news coming out of Detroit as Anthony Mantha scores four goals in a single game for the Red Wings against the Stars as they get the W. There it is. Oh, no. Not, oh, my gosh. I saw a horn and I hit the wrong button. That horn. <laughs> All right, episode's done. Have a good week. This will be known as the episode where Caleb recorded drunk. <laughs> Basically, God, I don't even know what's going on right now. So, I mean, there. if you want to pick up garbage play after that, I mean, that's perfect timing. So, hold on. Let me see if I can hit the right button this time. Garbage day! Yay, I did something right. <laughs> and now, Brandon, you get to go pick it up from here. Um, yeah, my garbage play of the week is you screwing up the intro to the episode. <laughs> 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 no, actually. <laughs> I, I would accept well, that. If you moved on, yeah. I, I would accept that. Well, we'll call that one 1A. Um, <laughs> 1B is... Um, I'm going to go with garbage play is uh, Jim Harbaugh for bringing out Quinn Nordine to kick field goals. <laughs> I I told, I might have actually texted you too, and I'm like, I am tired of seeing Nordine shank field goals to the right. Yeah. I even tweeted out like maybe about a minute before he kicked that field goal. I mean, granted, it was a long one. Wasn't it like 57 yards? 
Oh man, I can't remember the exact, but it, it was, was really. Awesome. It was like in the mid fifties, and I'm like, you know, there's a lot, a lot of guys that could hit that. Like, but I'm just expecting him to kick it to the right, and even the announcers are like, "Oh, he has the." He's like he consistently misses him to the right, and then he goes other kicks it to the right. I'm like, yeah, totally caught that. Hold on, did you know this though that he kicked it beforehand and he made it? Yeah, I heard people cheering after he kicked it. Yeah, I was as soon as he kicked, it, I was like, no, he's good. That's always what out. happens though. Like he'll make it, and I it's usually you. the other way around too. If he misses it the first time and then goes and kicks it the second time, he'll make it. That's usually you. how kicks go. I blame you though because. Ever since you've said that, that has been true every single time, dude. And then, like I tweeted out too, and I'm like, when, like, legit is the last time that Nordine has kicked a field goal, not an extra point, but a three point field goal. I don't know, but that. Okay, we're gonna get into that later. <laughs> not, not gonna talk about this right now, man. That, no, well, that's a good lead in. <laughs> yes, that would be a good lead in. So uh, we're just gonna roll off from there so let's move on all right all right all right all right all right so here's the thing michigan apparently won a football game on saturday that was 10 to 7 or 10 to 3 oh my gosh I'm I'm even awake right now. Like oh oh my (laughs) I hate myself. I turned up the volume again so I can hit this. I think I need to just have that on a constant loop right now. Okay. Well, even though this episode is not go- is going so terribly, it is not going as badly as Michigan's offense did Saturday. So that's that's one thing I can take away from this. Um, but to speak uh, first about the field goals that we were just talking about before we go to the voicemails that we have, um, I this that whole scenario where they're just like, oh, you know, we're going to use two kickers. Is almost like the idea of saying, oh, we're going to use two quarterbacks mm-hmm. because you want your guy to get in a groove. And how does he get in a groove if you keep taking him out of the game and swapping him in and out? And this and that whole thing of using two kick. Now, I could understand if you have a long distance kicker and a short distance kicker, because some guys just don't have the leg to go long distance. Uh, But that's not the case of what's going on here. Like they switch. I think every time if it's an extra point or a field goal, like Moody Nordine, Moody Nordine could be extra points, could be field goals, whatever. Anyways, um, that just goes to support the concept that Michigan appears to be favoring the upperclassmen. And being like, hey, thanks for being a part of the team. Here's your playing time for being an upperclassman. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure, they're they're good. But if you're putting them in and giving them pre- uh, preferential treatment because they're upperclassmen and not putting the best talent on the field, that's just stupid and that's going to hold you back. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to say that real quick before we move along. 
I'm very interested to see what happens here because uh, Brandon and I were chatting before we um, started, and we have three voicemails this week. And guess how many different people they're from? They are from <laughs> one person and one person alone. <clears throat> it is our regular caller, Stephen. As Google Voice looks to make me look foolish again as they are loading. There we go. So I hope that I've not listened to these. So I hope that these are all um, about the Iowa game and not something for the preview for Illinois, but I anticipate they're all Iowa. So here we go. Yeah, Stephen Brown. Um, quick thoughts on the Iowa game. It was bad. Um, the, the defense played well, but I, I don't want the defense to overextend themselves and have to save the offense every game. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, I, and let me say something before I get into the offense and Josh Gaddis, because I think Josh Gaddis is a liar. I think he's from six trashes in OC, and I don't know if he'll make it two years. I really don't. I think Coach Harbaugh knows he made a mistake, but he can't go back on that mistake midseason because, one, it'll tarnish Gaddis's reputation, and it'll look bad for the players that Gaddis is recruiting. But the, this, this game against Iowa was a referendum on, on Coach Harbaugh. And I say that because I I I I, I know a guy I know a guy he he works with the Michigan Boosters he's actually a, an old Miss fan from Mississippi and I, he said the Boosters believe and and one a couple of Boosters actually know that the only reason Shea Patterson is still starting is because Jim Harbaugh must have made some type of deal with his dad that he would he would be the quarterback if he was going to go to Michigan that's the only reason he's still starting there's no reason for Shea Patterson to be on that field. Um, if Joe Milton and Dylan McCaffrey are healthy. No reason. This offense has looked atrocious. Preseason, this is the, the, the second, in my opinion, the second best wide receiving trio, potential wise, in college football, behind Alabama. And, and Sabre won't get them the ball. But he'll throw it to Mike Sharon still and Ronnie Bell. But you won't throw it to three potential first round picks. That's on Gaddis. Now, now two Gaddis. And I actually lost my train of thought because I had something else to say. I mean, normally I support black people, me being a black man. I don't support this brother. I'm sorry. He's not any good. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's in over his head, and it looks bad. I mean, Michigan, Michigan's going to win nine, ten games this year, hopefully more than that. But Josh Gaddis is not the answer. I think they need, he needs to swallow his pride, Coach Harbaugh, call, um, call Fish, and you know, work it out. Because Gaddis, you know, it, it, he's, he's not it. And it's not me being, you know, just so negative on this guy. Like, he's, he's been given an opportunity. He, he, he's not getting any better. The offense doesn't seem to like shade. They don't play in dudes with him. I mean, the defense is doing way too much. And hopefully it doesn't bite them, but I think it will eventually. It's going to come back to bite them unless they get it fixed. You know, you have too many weapons to go out there and look like that, man. So I'm going to try to get my train of thought and make another call. I'm like, you know, I'm going to call back, but. This this ain't it. They they better be they better be Penn State and go from there. But I'll call y'all back soon. Hold, hold on. <laughs> I I I'm just like anticipating that this is gonna get better and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stephen Brown again, part two. So yeah, I I I lost my train of thought on what I was gonna say about the offense before Gaddis, but 
Yeah, man. I mean, I know a lot of these. Oh, yeah, I, I know what it was. A lot of these fans are, are talking about, um, you know, Gaddis just got there earlier this year. It's going to take time. Man, I looked at. I've seen teams change their whole offense, their whole offense in a week, and look better than Michigan has after six and seven months. All this speed and space garbage, like that was a myth. You know, it, it really was. Like I don't, I don't understand, man. I just don't. They look better with Pep Hamilton, and we know how garbage he is. And Coach Harbaugh, we know how bad his play calling is. It hadn't, it hadn't left 1998. But but they look better last season. I don't get it. I I really don't. I I I I believe in this dude. I believe in when Gaddis said we're gonna do this and do that. He lied. Either he lied, or the offensive line and quarterback is so bad that he can't implement his offense like he wants to. I I think it's a combination of all of that. Because Ed Warner, he's not getting any passes. Like the offensive line has too much experience to look like that. They do. Too much. Um, but it was a it was a decent win versus Iowa. Had they won twenty four, twenty eight to three like they should have, they probably would be number fifteen or fourteen, but it is what it is. They'll beat Illinois by thirty. The people be like, Oh man, what that this and that. I don't wanna I don't care about playing Penn State at night. That doesn't mean anything. Like I like I've always said, beat them in the dark. Like Michigan fans have to get off. There's, 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 and there's a lot of these new Michigan fans. The older ones, we've seen Michigan go in there and whoop them at night and anywhere um, or anytime. But these new Michigan fans, the, the, the 17 through 28-year-olds, they make it bad for Michigan because all they know is is Ridgerod and Brady Hope for the most part. Like A lot of these fans are trash, man. They just, they just bring everybody down, always worrying about stuff. And it's not just football. It's basketball. It's baseball. It's volleyball. Is the women's softball? They, they, I mean, some of these new fans are just, just terrible. I wish they root for somebody else, but don't be scared of Penn State. Michigan's going to beat Penn State if they play their. If Penn State plays their A game and Michigan plays their A game, Penn State's not going to beat. Them. Penn State hasn't played anybody. Stop worrying about Penn State and Notre Dame. Like, stop being scared of, of playing at night. Now, how dumb of a fan do you have to be to worry about playing at night? Penn State. Look at the night games they play. They, they can lose at night. You know that, right? They're not undefeated. It'd be different if they were undefeated. But some of you Michigan fans, y'all are just y'all y'all are just a drain, man. It, it's really sad. This is new generation. Y'all are drained on a lot of stuff, but especially football. Michigan got this, man. Go blue. All right, All right we got one more. So I'm gonna check and see if this is uh, Iowa talk or if this is um. Yeah, I think this is more Iowa. So. Hey, it's Stephen Brown again, man. I'm sorry. I know mean, it's the third call. <laughs> I just got through watching a snippet of what Coach, what Coach Harbaugh was saying. Man, it's so much I forgot to say. Michigan was up 10 to nothing in the first quarter, on their way to really 30 or 40 points. Easy. They didn't score for another 40-something minutes, man. Do you know how inept you have to be offensively? Like, Michigan State fans can't really say, because Michigan's going to whip them easily, man. I mean, it's not even going to be close. But... I mean, they look like Michigan State's offense. They really look bad. Like, how do you how do you score ten points in the first quarter and not score anything else when you got the, the weapons they have? I don't even think Coach Harbaugh realizes how recruits look at this. If I'm a wide receiver, why would I go to Michigan? If I'm a top notch wide receiver, like why? If 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 you're not going to utilize me, 
Now, personally, I believe that they'll be a lot better once Shay's gone. I really do. I don't think that guy's any good. I think he's overrated. I really do. Last year, I was willing to give him a pass. First year in the system. But, man, this guy's not good. This year, how do you regress? Like, Coach Harbaugh transfers regress for some reason. Like, Brandon Peters was getting better. What really messed Brandon Peters up with that was that bowl game. I mean, he looked bad. That's how Carolina game, he looked horrible. He looked horrible. That's the only reason he's not an injury right now. But you got to give these, these – uh, either he doesn't trust the guys he, he recruits or, or they're just not developing them properly. And Jay Harbaugh with the running back, man, I'm not even going to go there because they need another running back coach, not named Harbaugh. I would love Mike Hart to be there because he's the greatest running back in Michigan history. But, I mean, we, we're stuck with Jay Harbaugh at least for another season. But, man, like, it, I mean, I was not even good. That defense was okay. I wasn't playing anybody. I want to be outside of top 19, top 20. They're just not good. Like Michigan could do what they want, literally. I was, I was like Penn State. I'm away from that stadium. They're not really all that. I, 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 I don't get it, man. Maybe y'all can help me out. I mean, I'm, I hate to have called three times, but man, like, <laughs> they, they got to get this thing fixed because they're gonna, they're gonna really lose out on some top-notch recruits. They keep looking like this, and, and Coach Harbaugh doesn't get to not throwing people under the bus, but but taking full responsibility for things not happening and changing them. Like you can't you can't tell me other teams have better offenses than Michigan. Other teams can learn quicker than that. The four and five stars that are going to Michigan, the off, they got to get it together, man. This, I promise this is my last call, man. But man, go blue, man. All right, let me check. That was his last call. <laughs> no, thank you, Stephen. Uh, no, you're you're good, man. I mean, uh, you, you usually keep it a one, so you're good. <clears throat> I totally get. Yeah, the, uh, he always makes some good points, and he's always passionate. So yeah, yeah, we're always we're always happy to see that he leaves us a message. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm happy to give him a platform. I don't always agree with uh, his thoughts, but uh, <clears throat> I appreciate. Um, him sharing them with us and everything. And, uh, but I do agree a lot with what he said with that. So, um, before we expand upon what Steven talked about, let's just share a little bit of the information again from the game, uh, Michigan, 10 to three over Iowa at home, uh, Michigan scoring 10 points in the first, Iowa scoring three in the second. And then the second half was, one of the, I mean, it was a defensive struggle and it was kind of exciting, but honestly, it was rather boring. Um, total yards, Michigan 267, Iowa 261. 260 came by passing for Iowa. Michigan kind of split it with 147 passing yards and 120 rushing yards. Um, Shea was uh, 14 for 26 and had one interception. Zach Charbonnet had the lone touchdown, only accumulating 42 rushing yards. He was the leading rusher. Nico Collins only had three catches and had 63 yards. 
And then the next leading receiver was Donovan Peoples-Jones, who barely broke 25 yards. He got 26. Um, Stanley went 23 for 42, and he had three interceptions. Kudos to the Michigan defense. Uh, Their top rusher had 40 yards. Their top receiver had 62. Um, But I mean, they had quite a few there because they had so many... uh, so many passing yards. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to share any more details than that. I'm probably going to kind of uh, pull a couple things out of what Steven said. Mm-hmm. I do agree that the Iowa defense is pretty good. I got into a discussion with some people afterwards saying that Iowa has good defense, but it's not on the level of Michigan State and Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but some people argued with me uh, very, very passionately. And the thing about Iowa is, yeah, they have a stout defense, but Michigan State pushes people around more. And even when you compare, I don't have it here, I talked about it, but their their sacks and tackle for loss are in the top 10, I think. Iowa is, I don't even think, in the top 100 for both of those areas. And the same goes for Ohio State. Ohio State's in like top 10 for both of those. So yeah, you can have an overall defense that limits you yard-wise, and that's what Iowa State's capable do, capable of doing. But Michigan State and Ohio State get in the backfield. They disrupt you. They tackle your quarterback. They sack them. They tackle you behind the line of scrimmage and make it so that you have like second down and 15 or more or something ridiculous. Like Iowa just knows how to stop people. They don't, they don't mess you up like those other teams do. So I'll say that. Um, but, yeah, Brandon, what are your thoughts on the offense? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what Steven was saying, and I was actually saying it earlier today. I don't understand how you can't score with mm-hmm. – the weapons that we have. And I was saying it to a couple guys at work. I'm like, you know, we have Collins, you have people's Jones, you have black and Ronnie bell. Like all these guys are good receivers. I just don't understand how you can't get the ball to them. And it's not even like the guys aren't open because, you know, we see videos all the time on, on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever uh, that people are posting where our guys are open down the field, it's just Shea's not seeing them. Mm-hmm. And I also agree with what he says. Like, you know, I don't think Shea's the guy. I was willing to give him a pass just like Steven was last year, you know, because he is a guy in a new system. Um, you know, our offensive coordinator wasn't very good last year, our, like our play calling and everything. So I was willing to give him a pass. But now with this year, we're bringing this guy from Alabama and Gaddis, and he's making all these promises and claims and things how we're going to change the offense and everything and how things are going to be different and we're going to be scoring more points and we're worse than we are last year mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and you know what like i don't understand why patterson still gets brought out there yeah like it's not solely his fault not at all mm-hmm. i mean the offensive line is playing like garbage as well but like you gotta bring in someone who could bring a different dynamic to the game yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if McCaffrey's that guy. 
I don't know if Milton's that guy. But eventually, these guys have to play. We got to see what we have in them. Yeah. It was just like a couple of years ago when we brought in Peters. You know, we had to. We had to see what we had in the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and, and I'm right there with both of you guys because, yeah, some. <clears throat> The more and more this happens year after year, I, I'm I feel like there is something deeper that is wrong with Michigan. And I don't know if it's the stuff like Steven brought up or like I was saying where it's just like Harbaugh is making promises to guys, which mm-hmm. in all honesty is pretty stupid. Because it's just like, dude, this person could suck. So why are you making promises when you don't know how they're going to pan out? Mm-hmm. And then um, even it gets to the point then, like, you know, you're keeping a promise to a guy to appease them. You could lose your job. Yeah. Because you're hurting the team. Well, what's what's more important, like promising somebody playing time or winning games? Right. So, I mean, now, granted, I know like the base of all things, the foundation is to win all games. And it's like, oh, well, I promise this person this. I, I think we can do it. You know, they're they're good enough. I think we can do it. And so it's not it's not so blatantly bad where it's just like can't complete passes, throws interceptions, turnover, turnover, turnover. I mean, like there have been some times where it's looked really bad, but it's not like, okay, is you, you'd have to be blind to miss it, but there's enough there to show concern. And I, I would not be surprised if what Steven said is correct, that there was promised playing time to Shea Patterson, which again, like I said, is stupid because it's just like, you're not setting yourself up for success. Nothing Mm -hmm. should be promised to anybody. It's like, if you come out and you work hard and you prove yourself and you win that spot, then I promise that you will get playing time. Boom. That's it. That's the only promise that should be made. You earn it. You get it. There you go. Like, don't and um, maybe something in there about don't be a cocky, stupid douchebag and (laughs) cause issues. So don't be you. Yeah, thanks. Don't don't be a Zach. Don't be a Zach. Um, but yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, th- but there are so many things going into it too. And so, like I was saying, I agree with both of you. Where it's not just Patterson, but up until this game, I was kind of giving him, like you guys said, the benefit of the doubt. Where it's just like, okay, some new stuff going on. Maybe there's some rusty stuff. He played through some. Uh, you know, through some injury, you know, he wasn't completely 100%, even though they were saying garbage, whatever. Um, but again, there are times, and, and this one was completely blatant, where he had, um, and the only thing that's making me think there may have been an exception to this, I didn't get a chance to go back and find it, but, um, is if it was a third down, but there were two receivers crossing the field, heading toward the sideline. There was the receiver in front of Shea, wide open. There was a defender behind him, another receiver, and another defender. So there was a Michigan receiver with no one in front of him, 
uh, between him and the uh, and the quarterback, and then there was a receiver behind him with a defender in front of him and a defender behind him. And so Shea, instead of throwing it to the person who is obviously open, like maybe it might not have been a first down, but again, I don't think it was a third down play. The uh, obviously not going for the person who was open throws it to the receiver that has two defenders near him, and it gets picked off. And so it's just like, okay, dude, every single game, I mean, I and, and I'm putting this out there for clarification. I don't break down film. I'm not, that's not a talent of mine. That's not an ability of mine. I don't break down film. I'm not going to sit here and like document over a uh, video and explain to you how the play is breaking down and what should happen. That's, that's not me. That's not my strong suit. But if every single game, I think this year, there's something you can take that I can take away and easily see that, Hey dude, you screwed this up. Then I know there's more than that. So he, it's just a continuous problem. And so he is part of the problem. Like you guys said, I agree with that. He's part of the problem. Um, and again, it's not that it's just him because I do agree with Steven that something's up with Gaddis. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's just his play calling or the play calling and the plays because they seem to have a pretty basic approach to Rutgers, but then when they played Iowa, they decided to get fancy with it and do stupid stuff. And then also you go down the field and you're passing complete, passing complete, passing complete. Then you get down and you're like, okay, we're going to run it now. Yeah. Like that was working (laughs) and none, none of it makes sense. I don't know what is happening. And I agree. There looks to be some issue on offense. You can say, yeah, sure. Gaddis came down on the field and helped uh, motivate people. But if it's true, uh, if it, if there is any validity behind certain players getting player playing time over others, because promises were made and not because they're earning it, that is going to cause problems on offense and defense. Like there, it just piles up. I, I don't understand if if those promises are happening. I don't care if it's with good intentions or whatever. And you know, you know oh, you know, Harbaugh's being a per- man of his word, or coaches are trying to go by their word. It's just like you can't do that because there there's no way that you are not going to fail at it because at some point someone is not going to be good enough to be qualified to be at the starting position and you promise them something and you give it to them and you are robbing everybody else of some kind of experience, you are causing strife to come up. I mean, it's just like in a job. You know, if you're giving responsibilities to somebody who shouldn't have those responsibilities, who's incapable of doing something or doesn't know how to complete that job, you are putting everybody in a tough situation to try to complete stuff because you're putting them behind the eight ball. You're putting them in a, the, uh, not in a position to be successful. And you just like kill the team spirit. So I honestly think that some of that is going on. And so if that's the case, then, I mean, I know Steven was just being like, there should be, shouldn't be worried about Penn state. I agree with him that if Penn State plays their A game and Michigan plays their A game, Michigan's going to win. But mm-hmm. how uh, how many times has Michigan played their A game? Once. Exactly. Rutgers. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody plays their A game against Rutgers. Exactly. And guess what? They might this coming weekend against Illinois. But so what? It's Illinois. 
Show me when <laughs> Michigan can play their A game on offense and defense when they need to against a good a- opponent. And I'm not saying that it's not going to happen because it's Penn State at Penn State at night. I'm saying that because it's Michigan. I don't care if it's at night, at day, or what, or during the day or whatever. It's because it's Michigan. There's no consistency. There's no identity. And they're just pulling – it seems like they're pulling stuff out of their butts at different times and just, like, doing – like, they're I, – I don't even know. Like, it doesn't make sense. Week to week, it doesn't make sense. So, I like, I'm still go blue. I'm still, you know, Harbaugh's got some things going for him, and I – I'm in support of him. Unless there is an obvious answer that is not Harbaugh, I don't think that he should be questioned at all about being at Michigan. I'm going to discuss that in something else I'm going to talk about this week. There'll probably be a separate segment on that um, because I'll talk too long on it. But, yeah, no, it's just uh, – and as he said, Ed Warner, the offensive line for as, as much experience as it has had and how much hype was coming into this season that's supposed to be the best offensive line under uh, the Jim Harbaugh era and how poorly they've done. Pass protection has been up and down, uh, but it's not as bad as the run blocking, if you even mm-hmm. call it that. I mean, like, you look at, you look at these other uh, teams playing and it's just like, dude, this this is supposed to be Michigan's best offense. Oh man, what what team was it? What team was it? Was it Wisconsin? One. There was a team. No, it was Ohio State, I think. Um, there was a team, and I'm trying to check it right now, that lost four of their five starting offensive linemen. It was, was one of them was Wisconsin, I think. Okay. Um, but one of um uh one of the or whoever it was yeah here we go ohio state has four new offensive line starters and they were the holes they were creating against michigan state which is a really good defense michigan would be able to put up great yards charbonnet would do great you know why because the holes are freaking huge so you know why the running game sucks and Charbonnet can't do a whole lot? Because the offensive line. And this mm-hmm. is supposed to be one, if not the best years for the offensive line. And it is sometimes laughable as far as the running game goes. Yeah, like, I never really got the offensive line hype at the beginning of the season. And I even said to you, I'm like, they weren't that great last year. So why, why do we think they're going to be so much better this year? Because- I didn't I didn't ex- expect it. Like, I, I was just like, I think the offensive line is going to be, you know, average at best coming yeah. into it. And I didn't understand why everybody was just like, Michigan's going to have the best offensive line in the Big Ten. Oh, I wasn't thinking that. I was just hoping. Oh, there was a lot of people on Twitter saying that. And I'm like, I just don't see it. I was just hoping that they'd be pr- productive. And from what we've seen so far, they, they aren't. Right. Ooh, they were productive against Rutgers. Oh, my gosh. That's something else that I'm going to talk about, too, where it's just like, yeah, you need to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. We're talking about beating the good teams. Who cares mm-hmm. how you do against in unranked games? I mean, when you win unranked games, that's what you're supposed to do. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just like 
what what do you expect from that offensive line? I, and that was another thing, too, that I wanted to go back. Just things going on with me right now. I didn't get to go back and rewatch the whole thing. Also, it wasn't the most exciting to watch. But um, how do they even run outside uh, run plays? I don't think so. I swore every single running play was right down the middle. I think I saw Turner run to the outside one time off the left tackle. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I was at I was at the game actually this week. Um, uh, pretty good experience. One of my friends was going to, it, and so I went down there. Um, and so that kind of made it a little difficult to see exactly how each play was going. But yeah, it looked like every single run play was down the middle. And I'm just like, the Michigan offensive line is not good enough to try to do that. Right. You have to try to get the edges a little bit. You have to try to get you know. Yeah, it was just terrible. And then it didn't help anything with, you know, the football expert sitting directly behind me commentating on every single play. <laughs> and I get that it was not it was a great it was good def- defensive performance. It was not a good offensive performance, but every single thing they did was the worst decision ever to this guy. Like I was just <laughs> I was ready to lose my mind. I think somebody eventually told him to shut up, and he got quiet. Uh, he he didn't stop, but he got quieter. But um, yeah, everything was like every punt was terrible. Every even positive plays were terrible. It's like, what <laughs> were you thinking? And I'm just like, dude, oh my gosh, this is this is why I don't watch games with other people. Mm-hmm. So, and then there was another guy too that you know, lost his mind over the whole end of the first half timeout situation and was just like, why is nobody? Oh, my God. I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, suck. Yeah. That's plain and simple. They all suck. So that was a good time. Anyways, we could go into a long time. But, yeah, good defensive performance, bad offensive performance. I mean, could you imagine what would have happened if the defense didn't give the offense short field to work with? They had Gosh. the offense had one drive that they went down the field for, and then they missed the field goal. <laughs> this game easily could have been like three to three. <laughs> they still be playing it. Yeah. So, I mean, we shared a lot. It's just the the offense, dude. Just Something is with all the years Harbaugh has been there. I do feel like there's some underlining thing that is just off. Like everybody talks about, you know, the disadvantage that Michigan has where there are some teams that obviously don't play by, by the rules. And I'm not talking, I'm just talking about college football in general, not talking about specifically in the big 10, which is kind of like, whatever. Okay. But I mean, if Michigan is like putting on their own higher standards too, of like making these promises of playing time or things like that, which, like I said, seem p- potentially believable with other things. Um, but of course what Steven was saying, I mean, and not like discrediting Steven, but it, it's, it, it's a rumor, you know, it's what people are talking about. Um, so there's no, real hard evidence from it, but I do agree. It's just like, it does not make sense that Shea is still in there when he has made the terrible mistakes that he has continuously. Mm -hmm. So 
something I feel like there's some underlying thing. And you know, you're just kind of like, oh, making promises, you know, how bad is that? But if all those other things are a factor, that's that's a problem. Making promises to players that shouldn't be getting playing time over other players, causing um a toxic environment in the locker room, causing strife, destroying chemistry. You know, maybe having an offensive coordinator that doesn't trust a quarterback because he doesn't want that quarterback because he wants a different quarterback, but he's forced to use that quarterback and all those different dynamics. If if that's the case, then I don't care who you get in there as offensive coordinator. I don't care who you get in there um, at quarterback. If the promise is made at the wrong to the wrong person, it's just doomed to fail. So that's what I'll kind of wrap up with that. Do you have anything else? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything between me, you and Steven. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, Iowa wasn't anything impressive on offense. Um, you know, Michigan was able to stop them in the run. Stanley looked awful. Like he threw three interceptions, yeah. which was kind of surprising because he didn't throw any before that. Mm-hmm. Granted, they haven't really played anybody, but yeah, just man, what a dull game. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was not. Uh, it was not the funnest one I've been to, and it's probably the only one that I'm gonna bother going to this year. Because, uh, yeah, the last three home ones: Notre Dame, um, Michigan State, Ohio State. Don't look good for wins and i'll say this i've never been to a michigan loss so i feel like i'm increasing my chances if i go to those games <laughs> oh man so i've been pretty fortunate um anyways all right we're uh so the format's a little bit different because we do need to discuss the predictions that we had before and so we're going to touch on that here real quick coming up <laughs> All right, we're just going to share this. We're not going to really talk or discuss it too much. Um, But let's see here. So predictions we had, it was just Michigan for the weekend. Um, The Michigan was uh, negative five against Iowa. I had 27 and 17. Ha! Uh, Michigan (laughs) over Iowa. That was covering the spread, though. Brandon, you had 20 to 17, which um, was not covering the spread. So I got two points there. You got one. I took Maryland covering the 13 and a half over Rutgers, which was easy, easy, easy peasy. Uh, but Brandon just discovered that um, things did not go your way tonight as the 49ers made the Browns look like poop stains. Yeah, to say so, the least. Um, yeah. I can give you a current uh, score on that game. Last time I checked, it was like twenty something to three. It is now thirty-one to three. Final. Yay! That's what the Michigan game should have been. Yeah, but you have to be able to score to do that. Yeah. Unless their defense scores all the points. Yeah. It's like the chess chess club going to prom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that may have taken some while to to build up. Anyways. <laughs> Um, <laughs> last thing that is, uh, 
the question of the week, which Michigan wide receiver will have the most yards against Iowa? I guessed Bell. Brandon, your guess was Donovan Peoples-Jones. We were both wrong because my man, Nico Collins, uh, put up only 63 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones had 26, and Bell had zero. Does that mean I get a point because I was closest? (laughs) I feel like I should give you a have a point actually with the those scores uh you, you did have kind of a rough week because i got yeah. two extra points to extend my lead so you have 13 i have 17 but all right one one last one last thing i'm going to share before we close this off i have one question with the quarterback that they have and the tight tight ends and receivers and then the quarterback that Michigan has, you could maybe wipe that away, but any quarterback that Michigan has and the wide receivers and tight ends that they have at their disposal, how is it that Iowa put up 260 yards passing and Michigan didn't even get 150? <laughs> That's it. That's it. I mean, I uh, right piece the hell out of me, dude. I have no clue. I mean, I I'm, right I'm completely there. baffled. There are no words. No. No words. So we'll, we're still go blue over here. We'll still we're still team Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's a good note to end on. So. Yeah, may complain a lot, but I'm still gonna be there watching the game on TV yeah. every single mm-hmm. week. <laughs> yep hopefully it won't be too much of a disappointment but <clears throat> we'll end things off with uh, we'll still end it all off with a go blue go blue go blue